spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays, 3 to 6, uh, when UGA is not playing basketball or football. Today I'm on Sunday, 1 to 3, uh, but we're getting it all done. I have a lot to talk about and much to cover from the week. I want to wrap up the border wall uh, discussion. Um, I promised Bob to have the last word, so I'm going to go to Bob. Uh, you are on with Monica. Can you hear me, Bob? Yes, I can. Thank you, Monica. You're welcome. What Hi, you got? Bob. Hey, oh, Brad. That's Binkley. I mean, you know Binkley, right? I do. Awesome. Go for it. Well, yeah, I just, you know, the idea of local people putting up a wall, I mean, I think it just flies in the face of the Constitution. Uh, you know, local, Why? well, because local communities can't enter into treaties. Uh, with other countries i'm i'm bringing it back even uh further i'm saying that a private property owner should have an absolute right to exclude people from his property and he can build fences and walls he can even just not build that and stand there with a gun in texas so the only reason the federal government gets involved is that our rights to absolute control over our private property has been uh, encroached upon by them. Well, I would agree with that everywhere inside the United States, except for the border, the federal border. I don't think that I think that's the one place where the Constitution is pretty clear that uh, it supersedes state control. For sure. Well, read the passage that you're talking about. But can you? I'm not trying to mess with you, but I what, don't have it in front of me. But uh, uh, I know you're not allowed to enter into treaties. I understand that. Yeah. I, that is absolutely expressed in the Constitution. But I think my point is really that if if we are a collection of private, of sovereign citizens, of individuals that have private property, and we can control that, and they don't steal our money to give welfare, which does two things. It supports people who come in who can't really uh, function economically. But much more important, as far as the immigration debate goes, I think, is that it creates a floor under which Americans will not work. So it creates a labor shortage that would not otherwise exist, which draws people in. So we have these laws that create artificial migratory flows. But if you didn't, if you had a free society and absolute private property rights, you would not need to control the border. I, I'm not quibbling that it's reasonable if you have a nation state to uh, to monitor ingress and egress. I'm not saying it's it's you have to do it, but I, I wouldn't deny them the right to do that. And Murray Rothbard wrote a great article called Nations by Consent, Decomposing the Nation State, where after the breakup of the Soviet Union, 
Russia would actually try to screw up, or maybe it wasn't Russia, but people would try to, some countries would try to infiltrate other countries by pushing a lot of migrants in there to change the laws to be more favorable towards the outside country. So it can be, it can undermine liberty because there are bad actors and we have a system of nation states. Well, I always come back to, you know, let's, let's ask the Native American Indians, you know, what they think about unchecked borders. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you have a right to repel invasion. There's no question about that. But if people are, if one person in Mexico says to me personally, I want to go live in your basement and clean your house and you feed me and I'm going to do that for five years and I'm going to go back, I won't even use the post roads. I won't even use the, the roads. Why can't I say okay? Well, because he can leave your basement and then come over to my basement, and I might but, not but want then him that's, there. So. Th- then that's the crime, right? But him coming to my basement isn't a crime. Well, like so like um, that guy that ran over people in Charlottesville, and we're going to put him in prison, and he deserves to be in prison. But what if we just said, hey, that prison shouldn't have any walls. We should monitor when he leaves. But we that's different, because left. he was doing something he didn't have a right to do and has has forfeited his liberties. If I find a person, my cousin from Ireland, wants to come to my house, I I don't there I, there's no reason I shouldn't allow that. It's all you only start having problems when yeah. you deny my right to use my property the way I want. You should be able to deny that person access to your land, but you For might sure. not be able to because there are a lot of laws about what you can and cannot deny, how you can associate. You could build a gated community and say no Irish allowed. There, if every single person in that gated community agreed to that, then, I mean, that's a distasteful exercise of your private property rights. But it's it's because people, I don't know. I mean, you then I start to get into psychology, which I don't care for. But, <laughs> you know, I just I feel like pri- the, the breakdown comes when we do not allow private property rights to uh, to be exercised to their fullest. Then we all have a collective interest in a border beyond our own property. And that's where the conflict comes, because then we all have to agree. Well, see, I could I could let the guy from Mexico come over to my basement because he's my friend and I want him to come over and visit. I, I just I want him to come. I think he needs to come to a, a legal port of entry. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to get him to your house without using public public facilities. But, you know, there was a time when that wasn't even true, that before the Civil War, there were 400 private road companies. You could have, and there are tons and tons of private airports. You could literally fly somebody privately to your uh, farm and have them work and then fly them back. And there's, to me, there's no inherent problem with that. There's no, that the problem comes when you start having central control and have to agree on everything. So, I mean, I, I get it. I, it's, a, it's a competing rights issue, which, it's, which libertarians even can disagree on. And I actually wrote an a article called The Libertarian Immigration Conundrum that caused a bit of a stir because libertarians like you to be strictly open border. And there are issues with that. I mean, if, if you don't let somebody work unless you also give them the right to vote and they have then the power to vote your fundamental rights away, that's a problem. And you have to go back and say, are we going to eliminate the problem or are we going to um, put a Band-Aid on it? And that's why I always go back to we actually need a full-on uh, free society. And you can see when you give up those freedoms, uh, the cascade effect causes a lot of strife and could actually undermine the cohesion of the entire American experiment. 
and and you have to return to first principles, which is why when the people on the left don't like Trump, why not return? Why not? Why? Why isn't there a rallying cry, an enlightenment moment, an epiphany that says, let's restore the Tenth Amendment? Let's let California do what it wants. Let California be an experiment in the perfect liberal state and not impose that will on everybody else. So uh, the answer is because there are other agendas at work. That's when they say, okay, we don't need the 10th Amendment. We don't need to look down locally. We need to look up globally. And then you see the globalization that might result from the from the reaction to Trump. And, then, and I think that a lot of the stuff is dialectical. Uh, so let's get back to Binkley, uh, some some more fundamental issues that I see uh, undermining more basic principles, not just basic principles of law and the Constitution and the American experiment, but of morality and right and wrong and facts and understanding. So let's play. I want I, I've teased it a couple of times. I don't want to delay any longer. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Cooper, Anderson Cooper. Uh, I want, we're going to have to play this twice. We're going to play it. It, sound, it sounds like it could be interpreted as benign, but then I want to pull out the implications of it. So let's play it. We'll talk about it. We'll play it again. Clip one? Yeah. One of the criticisms of you is that your math is fuzzy. The Washington Post recently awarded you four Pinocchios. Oh, my goodness. For uh, misstating some statistics about Pentagon spending. If people want to really blow up one figure here or one word there, I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. But being factually correct is important. It's absolutely important. And whenever I make a mistake, I say, okay, this was clumsy. And then I restate what my point was. Um, but it's, it's not the same thing as the president lying about immigrants. It's not the same thing at all. All right. Let me just start by saying what her factual mistake was. She said something that you hear a lot from the conspiracy crowd, too, and uh, it's very appealing. You want to you want to latch onto it, but it just inherently makes no sense that the Pentagon misplaced or cannot account for twenty one trillion dollars over a 21 year period. She said that I'm paraphrasing, but she said that twenty one trillion dollars would pay for everything, you know, for the the. uh all of my programs could be easily paid for with the stuff that the Pentagon lost in the couch cushions. <laughs> but the Pentagon's budget isn't even a trillion dollars a year. They don't even get a trillion dollars a year. Close, but they don't actually get it. So it's it's accounting. It's it's numbers that are counted more than once. That, and people talk about that with 9-11. Like right before 9-11, Rumsford, Donald Rumsfeld said, oh, the Pentagon is missing $3 trillion or some outrageous number and if you look at it it's just not possible that it's actual money gone there's plenty of money gone no doubt and maybe this is all smoke and mirrors to keep you from seeing the one trillion dollars that did end up in people's pockets or whatever but that but that using that figure to justify that there is no we can pay for all of my programs by the couch cushion pentagon stuff is crazily misleading it's not it's so inaccurate as to not even the moment's thought. You don't even have to do research. You just have to think about it. And I 
so I challenge her characterization of this stuff as mistakes. They're uh, not, it's not plausible that they're mistakes, they're manipulations. And I want to, so I want to replay this again after the break and uh, really get into why it's, why it matters that, you know, facts are facts and truth is truth. And that's usually the same thing. (laughs) So that's, I guess it's always the same thing. Uh, Let's get back to that after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So we're talking about uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with Cooper Anderson Cooper. I always get his name backwards. To talking about how it's not important if her facts are precisely correct. So saying that the Pentagon had 21 trillion extra dollars lying around to pay for all her social programs was a mere trifle and that her basic point is true, which is she has the moral high ground that I did. She even, I, she might've actually said that. Yeah. She said, cause she's morally correct, morally correct. Now, how do you know, what your morals are if you don't know what reality is. So I'm a hardcore libertarian. My favorite libertarian thinker, foundational uh, economist of all time at this point in my life is Ludwig von Mises. He, his philosophy is called praxeology. It's the way things work, the way things actually work. So If people are rational or quasi-rational or mostly rational or irrational, it matters. And that's how you have to look at the world. How does the world actually work? And how do you know how the world actually works? By observation. Observation. So you can do a direct observation and psychology and sociology are there to tell you you cannot trust the the evidence of your own eyes. They try to neutralize direct observation. And then what people tell you, secondhand stuff, the media, the politicians, whatever, the fact people, the scientists. So when those people tell you stuff that isn't true, why? Are they just wrong? Are they inducing it incorrectly? Are they getting wrong information? Or are they trying to serve an agenda? So when she's saying something like that, she doesn't have the real answer, right? She doesn't have the real answer of where the $21 trillion is going to come from why doesn't she care about that? Because she has an agenda, and the agenda is, in my opinion, power. Yeah, it's worth noting that she is a highly trained activist. She was in multiple um, exclusive programs beginning from when she was in high school, so she does know what she's doing, and I agree. It's power, and it's to pull the Democrats further and further to the left. And her backstory is similar to Stacey Abrams, and you know the power Stacey Abrams serves. She's on the Council of Foreign Relations. Yeah. She, she Didn't she thank George Soros in her book? Yeah, she thanked Soros in her book, yet her uh, followers would refuse to believe that Soros funded her. But he, but they might not even mind. You know, he's getting rehabilitated. That's but, true. But I, the point is, you know, yes, that... That is true. That this is she engages in the art of manipulation. I want to replay that clip that we did after this break because we got coming up on a hard break. But I also want uh, when we first started talking about her, it was in response to a tweet. Do you think she's as dumb as she sounds, or is she clever like a fox? 
And she answers that question, so we'll play that in her own words on the same interview with uh, Anderson Cooper. And, and then you can see that what she's doing is intentional. They're not mistakes. She's not backpedaling. You're not supposed to forgive her because she's a little girl. You know, like that's what somebody called her that. And she, she slapped back. But she likes that image because people underestimate her. So I'll, I'll, that'll be in her own words after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, half the time. And today I'm on Sunday, 1 to 3. We're in the home stretch. Uh, Let me, we were talking about the wall. We're talking about the shutdown. I want to move on. I have moved on, but I'm going to take this call from Sonia, I believe. Sonia, can you hear me? Uh, You are on with Monica. Yes, I can. Can you hear me, Sonia? Yes, what you got? Okay. Um, what I want to know is what? Sorry. What I want to know is why is Trump just trying to put the wall in? You know, toward Mexico. The data have shown that there are more immigrants coming through Canada. More people have been questioned in terms of terrorism coming through Canada. Um, there was about six people who've been questioned coming through Mexico, where there were like almost fifty during the Trump administration, so it's not very many people at all going to look at terrorism. Um, yeah. When it comes down to the wall, he's built a bridge to, well, not he built well, it, yeah, but it was there. there's a bridge going to Canada, but we want to put a wall to Mexico. It makes no sense. I think uh, what what you're saying is an excellent point. I mean, Canada was, back in the day, a uh, a pipeline of communists coming down that's how the communists were infiltrating if i recall correctly this is just off the top of my head not to mention we had a revolution against great britain and canada may even still be a member of the commonwealth there so the system that we rejected people coming down from there who would be um made citizens or get the vote might be inclined to have a very different system uh just like people from other places i mean the real problem is when you tie uh the albatross around the neck of the right to work and travel, uh, the privilege of voting. When you connect those things, I think it's a politically cynical thing to do. And the danger is everywhere because the American experiment, which is not the same as American exceptionalism, but the American experiment is unique and it should, and it really takes a lot to understand how to preserve it. And there's, and voting shouldn't really even be that significant if we can, if we, stick to our foundational principles of objective individual rights and uh, protections from the government, limitations on the government. The voting shouldn't really even be that big a deal. But as we increasingly get to a democratic system, uh, unconstitutionally, the more we get to uh, where the voting is is really essential. And um, and I do, I agree with you on the kind of stuff. And, the, and I think the drugs are coming down from there. I always wondered, why does New Hampshire have such a big drug problem? My husband said it's the, uh, it's the, it's the Canadian border is right there. And my sister died of fentanyl in um, illegal drugs she was doing last year. And I, and I think it's as likely or more likely she lives in the Northeast or did that it came down from Canada. So uh, excellent point worth derailing my uh, topic for. But let's get back on track. Binkley, you had some interesting tweets for me 
that that I think is going to get us. Well, let, let's just set it up. We were talking about uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I wanted to replay the clip uh, that we played earlier of her on Anderson Cooper talking about um, facts are facts, but right is right or something like that. So let's hear it. One of the criticisms of you is that your math is fuzzy. The Washington Post recently awarded you four Pinocchios oh my goodness. for uh, misstating some statistics about Pentagon spending. If people want to really blow up one figure here or one word there, I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. But being factually correct is important. It's absolutely important. And whenever I make a mistake, I say, okay, this was clumsy. And then I restate what my point was. Um, but it's, it's not the same thing as the president lying about immigrants. It's not the same thing at all. This idea that facts don't matter is what is the very definition of fake news. Absolutely. And I will say this, Pelosi's argument against the wall is that it is immoral, which echoes what uh, AOC and that, just said. That actually, uh, I think that debate actually makes sense. This idea that it's shutting down the government is ridiculous. It's not even a rounding error. It's only in one of the appropriations bills. You're supposed to address them all separately. That's how Congress keeps its hand on the purse strings. Uh, I do not like the way this is being handled at all. It is. It's But the wall was passed by Congress. Congress just never funded it. It's, it is in the, it has been passed. The law has been passed. That's why it's always an appropriations issue. See, nobody ever talks about that. No, and and that's why. So it's kind of a it is a bad faith move on Congress's part not to use the money. And actually, I would wonder if at a certain point it would be executive privilege to execute the laws by allocating some discretionary spending to the to the wall without a national emergency. Just like the executive can't make laws, but this already is a law. And yes, he doesn't have the purse strings, but implied in the law is funding it implied in a law if you can't enforce a law it's not a law that's that's a basic principle of law anyway a lot of basic principles popping up here but okay so so she so her so she says it's a mistake her her things are mistakes so the the pentagon thing was 21 trillion dollars she said was laying around it's ridiculous it's preposterous it's not true it's, it's not a tiny here. mistake it's not a tiny mistake. She, she says, well, I correct the mistake, and then I reiterate my point. It's like, of course, nobody ever hears the correction. Exactly. It's on page 12, you know? Yeah. Like, never hear the correction. But she she's masterful in her ability to, who, me? Yeah. And But her, uh, you have sent me a couple of tweets of hers that really have me scratching my head. So let's read a couple of those. I want one uh, um well, no, first play that other clip where you see that her, uh, her who me uh, act is just an act. Play that other cl clip of her saying. Um, clip two? These math questions. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Here we go. There are people who say you don't understand how the game is played. Mm -hmm. Do you? I think it's really great for people to keep thinking that. You want folks to underestimate you? Absolutely. People? That's how I won my primary. 
<laughs> so cute. <sighs> so that chick is the one who, whoops, 21 trillion. Is that a T? Oh, come on. Come on. So, but she really knows how the game is played. She knows how to, how to speak people's language. I don't know what language it is she's speaking, but she's, she's definitely, she's talked about dog whistling before. Her tweets are dog whistles. Give it, give me a couple of those tweets. I think, I don't know, but I'm thinking cause I don't, I'm not the dog. All right, the other day, Joe Lieberman was on Fox News, and he said that Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not the future of the Democratic Party. And Cortez responded in a tweet, in a, in a what, the, Wait, what was called... Yeah, this tweet was widely celebrated, right? This was widely celebrated, and it's called a darling slapback in this article. And there was Because like, th- her thing is that she in-your-faces... Right. Critics. She's she's the Trump of the left when it comes to that. He in in your face is the right. She or, or the left. She in your face okay. is the right. And she said in response, new party. Who dis? That's it. That's the whole tweet. That got like 50 headlines about how awesome her comeback was. So those four words, assuming this is a word, uh, I'm going to count it as a word. The the generated probably 5,000 words of kudos. Yeah, who who dis is something that the New Orleans Saints do and when celebrating their it. team. To me, I'm so old with slang, dis means to disrespect, so I don't really know. Yeah, I don't think I mean, she I guess meant it's that, this. Though. Who is this? I, I think, yeah, who is Joe Lieberman, I think, was the whole thing. And this is a new party. I guess that is what was implied. Right, in so we can't even hear this guy because he's a, a mommy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so what's the next one? This one is interesting because this shows that she's continuing to do activism within Congress against fellow uh, congressmen and women. She says, these are some GOP senators or, or the how these are some GOP senators blocking government but are workable. Call them, visit them, ask them to give workers their paychecks without the wall. And then she lists the uh, Twitter handle of all of these senators. So she's sending attack mobs at these people. Right. Oh, so you're saying she's she that's a very careful that's a very important tactic right now in shutting down uh the opposition. That's yeah. how yeah, it's that's economic. Straight warfare. from the indivisible guide, straight from yes. the emails they send me. Yeah. So uh we we have a lot more we could get into about. It. I think we have to do some of the other clips that she reveals her ideas, her tactics, her bad logic and bad facts which are intentional to give sound bites to give talking points to mold the thinking of people who are busy young and busy right so young busy people uh find her charismatic popular and she's feeding them these talking points and sound bites that really don't stand up to scrutiny and reason we're going to get into that over the course of this year i'm sure but but I have to say one thing. I want to warn people or point out uh, that this idea of facts are facts, but truth is truth. Um, it's part of what I consider. Uh, they're you. They, they think it's OK. What she was saying to me is that it's OK to make up facts if you're driving home an important point 
that if I had the time and energy, I would find billions of facts that would support it. But basically, the facts are in my brain because I've absorbed them. I've given you the moral judgment. So you don't have to worry about the facts. I'm giving you the judgment, blah, blah, blah. I noticed this. Uh, I think it's a related thing. I get these emails from Quora. Q-U-O-R-A, Quora. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do too. It's a question and answer machine. It's really a talking point machine, if you ask me. And I got this one... Uh, Recently, first of all, Quora was established by a guy who uh, was a good friend of Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg knew this guy in a in a genius study over several summers. Uh, his name is Adam D'Angelo, and together they transferred into to Exeter as juniors, which is very hard. Exeter is the number one high school probably in the world. And to go as a junior to get all the credentials without getting their education is unusual. And uh, he just got an award, this Adam D'Angelo, and it says, D'Angelo went to Phillips Exeter for high school where he met Facebook co-founder Mark Zuckerberg. Totally untrue. That's a, a legacy. They went together. They were, I believe they were launched into the world by this study to do stuff, to control uh for surveillance, information, censorship, whatever. So I got this email that said um, from Quora, somebody asked a question and then a bunch of people answer and the crowd upvotes it. And that's the answer that you get in your email. So the question was, was Michelle Obama's mother paid to live in the White House? And the answer is, Marion Robinson, Michelle Obama's mother, was not a government employee while Barack Obama was president or since. I've seen reports that while she was living in the White House, she was on a government payroll earning $100,000 a year. That's nonsense. She lived in the White House as a favor to the Obamas, who needed her to stay with Malia and Sasha when one or both of the parents had to be out of town. Grandma is not a paid position. The whopper about her being paid $100,000 per year by Uncle Sam came from the same fake news factory as the Bertha rumors. Now, in no place does she show any evidence that this woman did not get paid. She said, Grandma is not a paid position and that the information came from the same fake news factory as the Bertha rumors. Thereby, this woman is de- debunking that as well. This got 1.7 thousand upvotes and 200 thousand views. And that's <laughs> what came up in my email. But there's no evidence there, nothing. So the fact is what people vote the fact to be. That's dangerous. Let's yeah. wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Speaking of which, the Wall Street Journal finally addressed the uh, expose that Binkley and I picked up on minute one that the only proof of Russian bots in this country is uh, that Democratic operatives, the very people who wrote the Senate report on Russian bots, posed as Russian bots to discredit Roy Moore. And they did other stuff. They promoted his uh, these rumors that he was into underage girls and all that. Since Binkley and I told you about that, other stuff has come out that it was all of that was leaked by horrified techies who were in a, a debriefing where this organization said, look at this, and it worked. And uh, also, since we last spoke, Reid Hoffman, the LinkedIn founder who bankrolled this behind the cloak of front organizations, 
to the tune of $750,000. Now, you don't know where all that money went, but they keep putting out this $100,000 number, and I'm not seeing any evidence for that. The only number I think there's real evidence for is the seven hundred fifty. So this Wall Street Journal article uh, addresses that these bots were um, hitting Roy Moore, but this is how they lead the article. Russian internet trolls worked overtime in 2016 to inject disinformation into American elections. There's no proof of that. The people who wrote the report of that were Democrat operatives who themselves posed as Russian bots. And then blah, blah, blah. It says in the second paragraph, the small scale of this operation means it probably didn't affect the final outcome. That's poppycock. It came out because they were talking about lessons learned from how effective it was. And it says, Mr. Hoffman since apologized, saying he didn't know how the funds were being spent. That's implausible. I'm reading this to you because it took forever for the Wall Street Journal to pick up on this. And when they did, they made it a whitewash. So if you think there are two sides, that Wall Street Journal, and by extension, Fox News, is giving you the answers, you should sign up for my Twitter feed at Monica Perez Show and Binkley's at Freedom Max Radio. Next week, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bill Barr. Hearings are starting now. I wish I had time, but it won't be ripe till then anyway. Tune in next week. This is Monica Perez. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.